Support for today's show comes from Shutterstock. Every business needs high-quality images to attract and keep customers, whether you're making brochures or ads or putting the final touches on your next tweet. The visuals you choose are proven to make a big difference. Get started today with a 20% discount at Shutterstock.com rebound. John, you ever stick a sticker on your, <laughs> on your computers? Actually, you know, is- I, that's the thing. A lot of people do that, like yeah. on the back of the yeah. computer. I do not. I have never done that. Yeah, As neither. a matter of fact, no one in my my uh, immediate family has done that, except now that my wife has, she has a work MacBook Air and a personal MacBook Air, uh, because for legal reasons, she needs to keep them separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so she finally got one of those big sticker things to put on the back of her personal one so that she could tell them apart, because ah, it's basically the same. They look exactly the same. Right. Do but you, uh, no. Well, related question then in that, in that vein, do you put... Do you allow or put bumper stickers on your car? <laughs> um, I have in the past, but not not any not in quite some time. Um, I mean, particularly now that you can get those magnets like around political right, seasons sure. you know, for all the good it does me. Um, I put uh, I'll put a magnet on the car. But I was that was never allowed in my family. There were no bumper stickers allowed on the car. My father was not that kind of person, and so I think that's translated. I certainly the only thing I ever had was for a while my old car. Uh, in college and right after college, I had one of those like window window stickers from the college. But oh, like, yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I even I, I have another one that I've just never put on my other car because I yeah. just don't I don't bother. But yeah. I'm also not a sticker. I've collected this huge stack of stickers that I've just acquired <laughs> from everything. That's... I have no idea what to do with them. <laughs> exactly. Right. All those incomparable stickers, which are great. Exactly. I, they're fantastic. But they they're just sitting in a drawer someplace because uh, I'm I, afraid to put them on anything. The only like my brother lives in Vermont, and in Vermont, it's I think it's maybe slightly more socially acceptable to festoon your car with with bumper stickers. So they have a lot of. They have a lot of bumper stickers. Um, and the only other one I could think of was my mom for a while had a uh, Crazy Apple Rumors bumper sticker on her <laughs> car. <laughs> Do you think that she was the only one? I think she was the only one. <laughs> That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Speaking of stickers, though, I think that uh, we were both reading just a moment ago here a story from Ken Siegel, who has worked in, um, it's like a creative director, right? Like ads and stuff. Yeah, like ad stuff. Yeah. But he worked for Apple, and of course, and and apparently he worked worked for like, so he worked for like the outside agency originally, right? Right. And then came to work for Apple. Uh, Chiat Day? Maybe. Yeah. I forget which one. Anyway, one of the the companies that um, did work for Apple. Yeah, and so he's telling, he's got a long story that's up on his uh, blog about Intel stickers on Macs and why there aren't any. <laughs> and the short answer, if you don't want to read the whole thing, is Steve Jobs, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it was um, hard to imagine but, but they would ever through, have that. He goes through the history of the relationship and how it was sort of, you know, it was pretty adversarial before the, I mean, like years ago. I always, the, I always think it's early. fascinating that um, Apple has... Apple has a long history of turning its biggest rivals into its partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you certainly you look at the beginning, right? And the big the big enemy for Apple was IBM, and IBM is a major partner these days, right? Like they they've got that whole um, building apps for enterprise partnership yeah. going. Yep. They worked on the PowerPC architecture together. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly there's there's a long history of them being allies. Um, similarly, Intel, which obviously, you know, had sort of the chip, 
uh, warring chip platforms, like they fought a bunch, you know, and, and as this story talks about, like there were a bunch of ads from Apple in the, when was this late nineties, early two thousands, I guess. Yeah. Taking shots right. at how, you know, the Apple, you know, Mac processors were better than, than Intel processors or the power PC processors were better than Intel processors. And even Microsoft, which obviously has been sort of the long running, you know, rival. I I don't think anybody thinks of Microsoft as an Apple rival as much anymore. I mean, certainly Microsoft does now make more hardware and they're still yeah. like the biggest desktop OS, but you know, I think there's a lot of coexistence from Microsoft, mm-hmm. you know, Microsoft apps still run and they run very well on a lot of Macs and iOS devices. Um, so there's a lot more coexistence there than there used to be. So I, you yeah. know, these days I feel like probably Google is closer to a, to a rival. Right. right. Well, I think, I mean, I think Microsoft is now more competing with its OEMs than Apple. Right. Because yeah. They're making their own hardware now and they're kind of stealing, you know, a lot of business from the people who used to make the hardware for them. Right. And I mean, in, the, in that they still have different platforms, but also Microsoft totally missed the boat on mobile. So yep. it's basically resigned itself to being software that works really well on the popular mobile platforms, which are, you know, iOS predominantly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's got an interesting history of turning rivals into partners, which I think is kind of cool. It's, it always reminds me of like, it's like comic books, right? Like where it's, it's like, oh, these guys, <laughs> these guys are our rivals, but they're sort of friends too. Like, they have they, to fight at first. Right, right. And then yeah. eventually they, they become allies and they have to fight yeah. together. Right. Lex isn't here. We can talk about comic books all we want. <laughs> not a thing in Star Wars. No. Exactly. Also true. Yeah, not so much. No. There's some redemption that happens there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I remember because this story is talking a little bit, and there's a video also on. I saw this linked from um, the Loop, and there's a video also yeah. there, which is from them when somebody asked about why there are no Intel stickers on Macs, and Steve Jobs <laughs> kind of shot him down. Um, and I remember that because yeah. I, some people were, 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 thought that he was, he was be, like, I mean, I think a lot of, I was, I thought it was a ridiculous question because it, it seemed patently obvious why, uh, that they don't do that. It's just, right. it's not, if you know much about Apple's history and their, their ethic about how their products look, they're not going to put a sticker on yeah, it. I think the more interesting question there, maybe this is what the question was trying to get at is how did you get away with it? <laughs> Right. Yeah, like, yeah, how did you yeah. how did you manage to make a deal that involved you not having to put that on there when every other PC manufacturer has to do it? Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> and that and that's sort of part of it, which is that, you know, it sounds like from the from Ken Siegel's uh, reminiscences is that, you know, jobs essentially like put it in the contract. <laughs> Um, and I assume at that point, because Apple, you know, was doing very well and that's before even, you know, the iOS was a thing because that's 2000, the first yeah. Intel Mac was 2006. 2006. Um, and this is uncoincidentally, this is right around the same time that I started covering, um, Apple stuff. Like this was when I started out in my career. And so one of the very, I remember writing a piece about the guy who asked the question about the stickers because Jason (laughs) Snell was at that event and he gave me a tip off about the guy. And so I wrote a little blog post kind of making fun of that guy. And I don't remember because I think it was one of, maybe not the first thing, but it was a very early thing that got linked on Daring Fireball for me. And I always, I should drop that. I should print this out someday for him. But John said, Gruber wrote that I I deserved a Pulitzer Prize for that piece. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that was before i'd ever met him and so i remember when i i actually met him like a few months after that i was sort of he's like ah yeah <laughs> it's like great so this was a 
When was that event? Was that a special event? It was. It's at town hall. Um, yeah. So they they had everybody come and and basically just told them that they were switching to Intel. Yeah, I'm trying to remember because the first one, the MacBook Pro, um, which was the first Intel Mac, came out. I remember I was there. I was at the expo for that one. I want to say that must have been that must have been 2000. Was that Expo 2006? So this is the this is the the, the thing. The description says Steve Jobs Q and A session following the aluminum iMac introduction. Okay, so this so you know the, oh that's so that's the question yeah so that's that's okay so that's not. Um, it's that's after not the introduction. It's this after the transition. Later. Yeah, it's after the transition's been done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because that first one was January 2006, I want to say, because I was at that expo and it was before, as, as I recall, it was before I actually okay. worked for MacWorld. Um, and so, yeah, that would have been probably 2007. Yeah, so I didn't go. That was because the, the first one I went to was the iPhone one. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that was my second one. Uh, or sorry, I didn't even go to the iPhone one, but I was at the expo afterwards. Um, yeah, so, so, it's, yeah, it's not surprising, it's both surprising and not surprising, right? Like, it's surprising in the sense that Apple had enough clout at that era to do that, but it's not surprising that they didn't want to put stickers on their Macs, because, like you said, it's just not yeah. their thing, right? Like, I'm looking right. at my brand new iMac here, it's like, oh my god, if you put a sticker <laughs> on this, I would punch you in the face. <laughs> I would punch you You know, every in once in a face. while I look at the, but I look at the people who have, like, all those stickers on the back of their their laptop and i think that's kind of cool it is kind of cool but then my the downside is you get rid of your laptop and there go all your stickers yeah that's true and i can't imagine well i mean you want to peel things come off easily i I I doubt it seems like the resale value is do you ever put on one of those things i remember back in the mid late 90s maybe or 2000s do you remember they had the anti-theft stickers no. Did you ever see those? So, the, well, basically, there were the big <laughs> things. For a while, there was a thing in the early days of laptops. There was like a laptop registry where essentially it was for anti theft purposes. Like, basically, there yeah. was a big ass sticker that you could slap on it that had like a serial number, and it was basically impossible to remove. Like, it was a serious adhesive. And the whole point was it just made it really hard to resell it because clearly, if you came in with the sticker on it, you'd stolen the laptop. Okay. Um, and so I, I always remember thinking about getting one of those just very in the very early days because obviously a laptop was a big investment. Right. You know, 15 years ago. And I never did, but like I did see people every once in a while with these. I think they were called like, they had like stop on them. I'm going to have to look it up and see if it's actually okay. a thing. Um, still, somehow, yeah, I think it's still around. Stop theft essentially i don't think yeah they do still have the security plates but they're a little they're a little smaller than they used to be they used to be these big big honking things i remember that you would put on your laptop um well you know that was back when laptops didn't look that great anyway exactly right (laughs) yeah and this is i mean you know if you're in a a corporation or something maybe that's investing yeah in in these things then maybe that's what you want but i've never bothered with that and i've never bothered with the um you ever have a lock Yes, I've had several locks. I think I had one back in the day with like one of my earliest MacBooks, but I've not bothered bothered for years now. I have it. Well, I got. I mean, I I had one for my Air, um, which you know they took the little locking thing out. Yeah, the the Air. Yeah, and so it became a lot kind of a pain in the butt because you had to slide this thing through the hinge Mm. to lock it. and and then I don't even know if there's one for the Mac. I think I looked for one for my MacBook Pro um, back a few months, and it, it was the only one that I saw at the time was like a case that you put it in. 
They, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. The one that I used to like, uh, I don't know if they make Might it. Might put stickers on it. Yeah. <laughs> then no one will steal it. Uh, <laughs> the one that I remember, which I'm not sure anybody makes anymore, but was essentially like a, um, like an alarm. I don't know if you ever saw one of these. They, they had one that was an alarm where like it could be detached, but as soon as you deta- like pulled it out, it was it would just start like playing some in, like 30 decibel <laughs> alarm or something ridiculous. Um, I always kind of like the idea of that, but I also would worry that I would come back to it, jostle my computer in the library yeah. and like, you know, loud alarm right. would go off. So I never, I really haven't bothered that much. It would be nice if there were, I think about that every once in a while when I like walk away from my laptop at a coffee shop, even if it's just like, I'm just going to walk over there and get a cup of water or something. Um, and I know the people, I see the people all the time who like, they're going to go to the bathroom. So they like put their laptop in the bag and they go to the bathroom with the laptop and all that. And I'm always like, ah, it seems like so much work. It does seem like so much work, but the people that I'm even more amazed by, by are the people who just leave their laptop and go to the bathroom. I'm going to admit it. I do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, Jesus. I, I mean, not everywhere, but like the coffee shop I go every day. Like I know a lot of there's a lot of regulars in there. Like I know them by sight. It's yeah. a fairly low foot traffic area. Like the people at the cafe know me, like the the people who work there. So yeah, it seems I don't like get, you think you just do you think they're going to look out for it? I think so, and I think you know sometimes I'll ask someone if there's someone like sitting at the table. Like yeah. I will be like, hey, can you keep an eye on this for a second? And somebody asked me today while I was sitting there to keep an eye on her stuff while she, you know, and I was like, that's fine. Yeah, like I don't know, and I'm sure, like I said, it only takes once to get burned, right? Like yeah, right. I'm sure if it got stolen, I would just be like, well, sh- you know, shit, I'm never going to the bath. I'm never going to the bathroom again ever. Um, <laughs> I've learned my lesson, but Just explode so, when I'm 55. So far, I've not been too worried about it. Sometimes I worry a little bit, but like that's why I wish there were some. You know, find my Mac is is great for you know that kind of thing. But I wish there were. You know, people talk about wanting their phone, like their watches, to buzz when they like walk too far away from their phone or something. Like I kind of wish there mm-hmm. was like an alert system where you could have like your watch buzz if your laptop like left a geofence or something like that i kind of yeah i kind of feel like there could be some interesting features dealing with the fact that you have all these multiple devices that are sort of authenticating against each other in the same way you can log into your macbook with your watch sometimes when it works i found the bluetooth kind of like uh much wonkier on my macbook pro compared to my ios devices um with the airpods Mm, so like mm-hmm. even in, even in my office if i like walk to the other if i'm doing uh, listening to music through my uh, airpods from my macbook pro and i walk all the way to the other side of the office sometimes it'll it'll drop it gets like choppier yeah um, yeah whereas like whereas like if i'm cooking dinner in the kitchen and I'm, I'm like watching something or listening to something on my ipad i can go out onto the deck and keep grilling something and still hear yeah. what's playing perfectly well i've heard people remark that the bluetooth implementation in mac os is not perhaps as robust as in ios but i yeah. i don't have i don't know how true that is maybe just the cases are i don't know they're all kind of metal right like i I don't think that there's necessarily a case that's worse for it in the macbook pro but Mm -hmm. i i agree i feel like i have it's not titanium anymore right exactly i feel like i have better luck with ios devices for the most part like i I have that with my my echo too because i'll pair the echo in the kitchen to play something back off the phone and i can have the phone like two or three rooms over yeah and it's fine i'll have zero problems with it um but yeah um did you ever have a titanium no, I never did. I had a, uh, and I still have, I dug it up while I was cleaning out my closet recently. I have a Pismo, uh, okay. black, black MacBook, and, yep. or yep. um, PowerBook, PowerBook, PowerBook G3, yeah. 
And then I think the next one that I replaced that with, oh, I bought, for a while I had a used white plastic iBook that a friend was getting rid of because my Pismo died. And I was like, I don't want to buy a new laptop right now. And she was getting rid of an iBook. So I bought that and I used that for a year or two. And that was because that was right before the first plastic MacBooks came out. Mm-hmm. And I had the feeling like they were going to, there was no Intel portable at that or Intel consumer level portable for a year or so while they made the Intel transition. Yeah. Um, and so I remember I bought that when it first came out and I had one of the ones with the chipping top case and all that. Oh but, yeah, yeah. 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 I never I had a titanium <laughs> though. I, I only ever had one power book, which was the G3. Um, yeah. I had two titaniums. I had like a 400 megahertz one and then I got the gigahertz one later and they were just notoriously bad about, um, wireless you know, Wi-Fi. Yeah. 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 And, and at one point I finally got, like a like like i think i got a pcmca card because that would actually made it better i guess i could do it, it upgrade also upgraded to n i think or was it god maybe it wasn't even n maybe it was g probably g yeah it was probably g yeah so yeah. long ago <laughs> a, a million letters ago mm-hmm. <laughs> well hey let's take a second here to uh thank our our other sponsor for the day um, in today's digital economy, customer experience is the new competitive edge. And the Couchbase Engagement Database is the only database specifically designed to deliver the brilliant experiences that keep modern customers coming back for more. Old school transactional and analytical databases can't deliver the exceptional experiences customers expect today, much less the ones they'll demand tomorrow. But the Couchbase data platform is built on the most powerful no SQL technology to give your web, mobile, and Internet of Things apps unparalleled agility, manageability, and performance at any scale. You can learn more at couchbase.com slash the rebound. Only the Couchbase engagement database is designed to deliver ever richer and more personalized customer experiences as your business innovates and grows. It supports millions of interactions while easily adapting to changing business requirements. It's always on and always fast with consistent high performance and built-in fault tolerance. It keeps your data secure everywhere. It has built-in smarts for highly personalized engagement, and it's right at home on-premises, in the cloud, or as a hybrid. Plus, it gives users a seamless, amazing, and always-on mobile experience. Ready to revolutionize your customer experience? Learn more at couchbase.com slash the rebound. And thanks to Couchbase for sponsoring this week's episode. Um, you ever use the, uh, the Touch ID? <laughs> The Touch ID? Yeah, no, I use the Touch ID all the time. Why are you? Are you gonna? Is it going away? Is it going somewhere? Apparently, is something happening? Apparently, it's going away. No, no, don't get used to right. it. I think this is bullshit. I, I'm calling bullshit. On I this think one. so too. I uh, think so too. I think. I mean, am I, am I supposed to take up a contrary position though? Yeah. Damn it, John. Why do you hate fingers? <laughs> Face ID is going to be so much better. <laughs> yeah. I, so there's, I, I had a conversation with this on Clockwise this week. Um, um, Jeremy Burge, who does a lot of uh, emoji stuff, uh, he was on and he brought this up. And it was a really, ended up being a really interesting discussion because there were several points brought up that were all like, every time you're like, yeah, that seems bad. Why would you get rid of it? Somebody else would add like another point and you'd be like, yeah, that's a problem too. <laughs> and so he was pointing out like, he lives in London and he rides the tube and the tube lets you just tap your phone using Apple Pay to get on. And he's like, People just walk through all the. You, know, you walk through. You got your f- finger on the Touch ID button. You tap your phone. Done. Bam. You're through. And he's like, "Can you imagine all the people walking through trying to line up their faces and like tap at the same yeah. time? Like, how the hell would that work? Like, to me, that that like, never mind all the other problems with this. And there are plenty. Right. The, the like paying for stuff and trying to point at your face while authenticating seems like a 
really dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the great thing about Touch ID was that it, it took that whole, like, you could make a really complicated passcode now. You didn't have to go through... You didn't have to, like, make your passcode easy just because unlocking your phone is something you do 10 million times a day. Right. And it would still be, rel- you know, pretty darn secure. So... I don't I just don't see I don't see I mean the in the thing the thing about this report is that if you I mean the police the you know I haven't read the original because I don't <laughs> I don't have the money to subscribe to Ming Chinquos <laughs> <laughs> um firm's newsletter. Uh but uh the stuff that I've seen quoted is it it's all sp- sort of speculative based on the um f- you know the the state of the technology as they see it now which is that it's it it, it the stuff where you where you know we had, the the idea was that maybe they would be able to put it right underneath the the whole thing would be glass there would be no actual button and it would just be like you could put your thumb someplace on the glass down below and it would un, it would unlock and they're saying that the state of that technology is not there yet and right. that um they don't think that it's possible to get that to a reliable level which you know they probably know much better than i do and then that may very well be true but that doesn't mean that the whole that it's necessarily going away right. it could still be on the back yeah there, there's, and, there's been a ton of different stuff going out and i actually think that the best explanation well there's two explanations for this the way i see it one michael gartenberg tweeted this morning about this that he thinks a lot of the different models that we've seen surfacing like through the supply chain etc are potentially mm-hmm. dis- disinformation. I think the other option is there's a lot of prototypes potentially because yeah. um, they were trying to figure out what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also, I'll say, I think it's entirely plausible that we see something that looks just a lot like the iPhone 7 in terms of there's a fake, there's a button there that's not actually a button and is the Touch ID sensor. I think yeah. that's that's plausible <clears throat> still. Um, I think a lot of people will be disappointed because they're expecting something much more. But yeah, I, I think it's that or it goes on the back. Uh, from what I've read, the technology does exist to to embed the Touch ID stuff under the screen because there was one that came uh, demoed or something within the last couple months. But it was Qualcomm, who's currently legally fighting with Apple. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> unlikely that would work. And it, from what I heard, it wasn't super reliable either. Yeah, so. that was the thing. And I think that's the thing that they were saying is that Ming-Chi Kuo was saying. And so, uh, yeah, the Face ID one, replacing it entirely seems, I mean, if your admission is we really wanted the edge-to-edge screen and we couldn't find any place else to put the Touch ID sensor and we're putting in Face ID instead, that seems plausible. But at the same time, as a trade-off, I mean, I think people would rather have the not edge-to-edge screen and a normal Touch ID sensor. Right. I would. Yeah, same here. I mean, I, Touch ID has made my life so much easier. And I, I've, I've used some facial ID uh, authentication things. My bank has one. And they tend to be pretty... They're fine, but, like, it is inconvenient. Yeah. And, and I, I, I get the trick, sense that you they're can not trick as... Them. Yeah, they're they're, not yeah right, right. They're not as secure. Honestly, I have tricked one with a video. <laughs> like, if you can take a video of someone's face in which they blink at some point, you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> uh so it's possible that i've come up with a better technology for that like there's some a lot of talk about 3d sensing like in terms of figuring out you know being able to shoot, use 3d sensors to figure out like depth and stuff like that i don't know if that mm-hmm. would work with a video um and so maybe but the whole ergonomics slash usability practicality of it seems just not as good right so so i don't know i mean well, so that'll be interesting <laughs> yeah um 
Yeah, I don't know. That that would really so it's kind pre- of annoy presumably, me. So presumably the 7S will look, you know, mostly like the, the 7. Right. And we'll, have, and we'll have a regular Touch ID, you know, like the current Touch ID sensor. And then the 8 is just up in the air. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I think nobody really has a good idea of what that's going to be. And I think they're trying to keep it, you know, like the stuff we've heard about secrecy, right, in the last month or so about Apple yeah. trying to maintain much <clears throat> more secrecy, I feel like is is part of that that's feeding into the iphone right they i think they're working very hard to keep this year's iphone under wraps as much as possible it's also only july like not to say that it's not done but you know there's those rumors do tend to heat up more you know in early september when we know the thing is imminent Mm -hmm. so there there's probably i think there's another shoe to drop there but i don't know what it's going to be yet and possible they're just they they've worked on a bunch of different ideas for it and haven't settled on which is the right one or haven't you know quite figured it there's out a, yet there's a needle that sticks you know sticks into your finger and <laughs> blood id tests, they call it tests your dna right Ugh, blood id <laughs> <laughs> it makes a dracula noise siri has a dracula voice and it's where do you want to go <laughs> how like can i the, help the you john it's, it's actually it's the count from <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's it, the, the count feature is the best with the timers like five minutes remaining ah 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 four minutes 59 seconds remaining ah 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 <laughs> this is qual- this is quite a quality show you get when lex is near mm-hmm. <laughs> well well it could be worse could be could be puns could be puns see no puns yeah. um so I got a bunch of new equipment. I yeah, bought, let's, let's, hear, let's hear about it. The uh, the new iMac is fantastic. It's just, <laughs> I hear it's faster than the old iMac. <laughs> it's unsurprising. <laughs> this is this may come as a shock to some of our listeners. <laughs> Advances have been made in computer technology over the last six years. I know it seems <laughs> difficult to imagine. Weird. <laughs> um if, I mean, imagine if i got one because my my imac is 10 years old yeah you oh my god you might your head <laughs> might explode um I, you know and it's not that a lot of you know i do a lot of writing and that is not a huge big difference in terms of performance but the podcast editing that i do i, I spend a lot of times working with files and a lot of times like transcoding or exporting stuff or whatever i used to just get up and go like up oh, time to make another cup of tea because this is going to take a while and i can't really do anything else on the system at the time um i mean you know i could get by with some stuff but like you know it, it just wasn't wasn't that fast even though it was a very nice computer for its age but right. some the stuff i've been doing so far like i dropped you know dropping like uncompressed audio tracks into GarageBand for podcasts and there's no progress bars for like <laughs> copying files i was like whoa <laughs> uh you know saving large audio files stuff like that which is like it just it's just saving me time because it's it's not necessarily that it's a whole bunch faster at the stuff that takes forever like it's not gonna make me any faster at going through and like physically editing the podcast like making right. cuts and stuff like that right it doesn't make you any faster right right but all the stuff <laughs> that i was sitting around waiting for the computer to do is much faster right um and this right. is my first do you have a do you have a is your, your macbook's retina yes yeah this is my first retina mac and i am I I I can't quite take it. <laughs> it's it's you amazing. Can't take it? I just it, it blows me away how much of a difference it is. Like uh, I I uh. knew it would be a big difference, but like it's. I it's, think maybe it's the small screen. I don't see it as. Oh I my mean, god! I don't see it as much as I thought I would. Dealing with text for me. It could and be I, my eyes as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's your eyes. Your eyes are not retina. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's definitely true. But you do you jump you jump back and forth though between retina and non retina. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's not as yeah, pronounced I mean, yeah. maybe as it was on, like, the phone, but 
I don't know. It's looks pretty amazing. Like I, you know, just looking at the larger screen and I was on my MacBook Air this morning and I just feel like it makes my MacBook Air screen look dirty all the time. And let's, to be honest, it is dirty. <laughs> it I need is. to clean it. But everything looks kind of grainy um, because you can definitely see the pixel difference going from the 11-inch Air to the 27-inch Retina display. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just looks, everything looks just so smooth. My girlfriend sat down in front of it the other day for the first time because she's like, oh, I need to look something up. And she's like, well, this is really pretty. This is a really pretty, this is a beautiful computer. <laughs> this, uh, this is now my computer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's the work computer. But this is, um, yeah, the, the 27-inch display is fantastic. It's really good looking. A lot of the problems, I had complained about stuff in the past with some of the apps that Apple had updated that I was like, I'm sure this looks great on a retina display, but it looks like shit on a non-retina display. Um, mm. Definitely true. GarageBand, the new version, uh, looked terrible and childish on my non-retina MacBook Air and the old iMac, but it looks perfectly fine on the new iMac. It's just because they mm. use much thinner lines and stuff for everything, yeah. and it looks kind of blocky and weird on a non-retina display. So that's really nice. It's really speedy. took me a while to find a desktop image that was, like, big enough <laughs> that was not one of the built-in ones. Um, yeah. I had to use a panorama. <laughs> um so that's really nice. I like having AirDrop on here. That's kind of awesome. Um, oh, the previous one did not have AirDrop? No, it was just too old to have oh. the right chipset for it. Uh, it had the old version of AirDrop, I think. Maybe maybe not even that. Um, but yeah, it didn't really work. Uh, it works fine on the new iMac. I've had no problems. Um, I used the... Uh, I bought uh, along with it just basically for purposes of migration a Thunderbolt 2 to Thunderbolt 3 adapter. And that migration was pretty fast. Uh, I think once I got it all set up and everything, it was like under an hour to move, you know, basically most of a 256 gigabyte drive, um, which because it was pretty full all the way over. So mm. that's pretty speedy. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan so far. It's pretty great. So buy new things, people. Buy new things because they're faster and better is the short answer. <laughs> I did not buy, as I mentioned in the six colors piece I wrote, I didn't I didn't buy extra RAM um because apple's ram prices are still yeah. crappy they've gotten better for a while but now they've kind of kind of on the pricey side again and it's one of the reasons i also opted for the 27 is the 21 right. you need to you got to get as much ram as you want when you buy it because yeah. you can't upgrade it you can't upgrade anything anymore right i mean you the, can't do the hard drive either right i mean the ram on the 27 inch is upgradable but that's yeah, and the RAM, the hard drive is not on the twenty-seven inch, right? Yeah, at least not with like not without taking yeah, like it serious, way apart, yeah. right? Like you can right, apparently right. you can upgrade the RAM on the iMac, the twenty-one inch, if you're willing to disassemble it because it's not basically the it's RAM not is not soldered. soldered. Yeah, so right. that's it's just fine, not accessible. but it's not accessible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, at least I got that, which means I can pump this up eventually, and I'll, I'm sure I will get it up yeah. to max capacity. I took, I took apart my um, two thousand seven iMac um to put a new hard drive in and that was that was taxing oh really okay which which i'm trying to remember which model that was that's uh i mean in you know and it's not it it's perfectly it's perfectly doable by you know i fix it right it's not like you know and 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 even the i mean the screen isn't even terribly hard to take 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 off but you have to buy one of those suction cup things yeah in order to do it so but i did that and then i when i got it back together (laughs) The, the um suddenly the um 
disk drive wasn't with the, the cd drive wasn't working anymore oh no <laughs> I, was like, I was like oh i did something what did i do ah like what happened and i think i didn't like i didn't know like i didn't use it for a while after i put it back together because i just don't use it that much and then and then when i went to use it it's like it just keep kept ejecting the discs and then and i think paul paul Kavass is you know i was talking to him about it he's like he's like you you put something together wrong <laughs> open it up again and i sure enough i opened it up again and there was like a wire that was laying across the, um, the thing instead of going around it and um and it was just like it wasn't enough room and it was like it was getting squished just a tiny little bit and wouldn't handle having a disc in it <laughs> huh. yeah i really liked um my folks had a g5 imac one of the white ones Mm-hmm. And those were amazing because there were basically like three screws on the bottom where the speaker was and you would like undo those and the whole back just came off and you had access Ugh. to everything. That was an amazing. Those were the days. I know. I know. It's not quite my Power Mac G3 where you could just fold down the side door, but it's uh, yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, right. And I've taken I apart. Sawtooth. I, sawtooth. I still have it. It's the Sawtooth G4. Yeah, those were those were nice. I mean, I, I've taken apart my Air, which is actually not that hard. Um, cause it's just, it's just a bunch of screws on the bottom. You just need yeah. the right bit and it's fine. Like right. it just pops right off. Um, and I've taken apart and upgraded my Mac mini, which is a little bit of a pain because I did the disc drive, which is all the way on the top. And of course yeah, you get it from the did, bottom. Yeah, I've done that. I've yeah, done that's that a, one. that's also that's, a pain. That's tough. Um, but yeah, the, the iMac, I don't think I would... I don't think I would ever take this apart, yeah, at least I unless those, it turned out to be. Are gone. I, I think I told that this story when I got this MacBook Pro. I think I thought a spider crawled in it. <laughs> <laughs> so you threw it out and set it on it's fire. Right, so I threw it and got a new one. No, I was. I tried to open it just to see if I like it was like sitting in there, and I could get like the it, the screws came out and it started to come up, and then it was like there's like a latching mechanism mm-hmm. under there or something, and I was just like no like he lives there now <laughs> if he's in home. there that's fine i'll he'll, just live with that he'll find his way into the vent to get shot out again <laughs> yeah i uh I, yeah I, I don't think that the well it'll be interesting to see because of the promised expandability of the mac pro that's supposedly coming it will be very interesting to see if they make any concessions there because you know, I think it's always been a twofold thing for Apple. One is they're engineering to very strict tolerances, and so they end up using things that are not friendly for replacement because they're trying to get things really small yeah. and really compact. Right. And I think the other is, frankly, they're perfectly happy not to have people user upgrading it. I don't think mm-hmm. they they does they don't really care. It's not that they're actively against it, but if the side result of we're going to make things every like really small and like engineered very finely is that people can't upgrade it, we think that's an acceptable trade off. Um, and so you know, I know I fix it, and the folks there have been on a bit of a crusade about right to repair stuff, and and they're not wrong. Um, right. I think the ability to open up your computer and fix stuff is probably good for the subset of people who want to do that. Uh, and certainly yeah. for third party, you know, making it competitive for third parties to be able, like, so you can get stuff fixed for cheaper, right? Like, that would be great. Uh, same way, like, cars, right? Like, there's a whole thing with cars of, should you have to, you don't want to have to take your car to the dealer every time you need it fixed, right? Like, yeah. they'll they'll charge it through the nose. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's definitely gotten more complicated in both those arenas to do that because yeah. there are things are so much more engineered and there's so much more proprietary stuff in them, etc. So, yeah. I mean, to the and I also, I mean, sitting here in front of two different MacBooks, um, this this Pro is 
I mean, the size of this Pro is, is terrific. I mean, it's like a very, it's a pretty powerful machine. Um, and it's, to me, it's not that appreciably different from the Air. Um, mostly because I use it around the house. Um, and it's not, but the, you know, but like this Mac, the, the MacBook that I'm recording on, which is an old white unibody one, um, is substantially larger. So I, yeah. I like the fact, I mean, I feel like I really enjoy the fact that they're smaller. Yeah, I get that. There are some things that seem, I mean, soldering RAM seems hostile to me. Yes, like, I guess I under that I understand. <laughs> and, and I guess, you know, I understand, again, if you have to have a mechanism where things can be slotted in and slotted out, that certainly could cost you space. But it does right. seem like the laptops are not so heavy that that would <laughs> that, that would have mm-hmm. been a huge ding against them. So I, I sympathize with it. But I, so I am really curious to see because so much of what pro users want is upgradability. And, you know, this Mac Pro has been promised to fill some gaps that are not currently covered by Apple's lineup. I'm curious to see if it's going to be a more friendly device for upgrading and uh, repairing. That's that's to me is an interesting question, because Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be such a it's not such a big part of their lineup that if a bunch of people bought it and started being like, oh, I'm going to just start replacing components in it myself. Screw you, Apple. Like, I don't think they'd lose that much money on it because it's a small percentage of their overall customer base. Like, it's a little different from making your MacBook. If you made your MacBook super uh, user upgradable and people were buying third party RAM and, you know, drives left and right and swapping them out. Okay, they might take a bit of a hit to the bottom line just because the volume is so high. But the Mac Pro is going to be such a small portion right. of their overall sales that it really yeah. will not hurt them that much. And, and yeah. all of that pales against, like, you know, people have com- complained for years about the iPhone batteries not being easily replaceable. Like, that's, that's fair. Um, but, you know, like, obviously they sell way more iPhones than they do Macs, period. Yeah. And they've tried, I mean, they, you know, I think, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what the percentage of people who are on, like, upgrade plans is. Yeah. But it seems like it's fairly high at this point, whether uh, you're on a plan from Apple or you're on a plan from your... Your carrier, yeah. Your carrier. And so it just doesn't, I mean, you get a new, most people, I I, I don't, I, maybe it's not most people, um, but uh, a lot of people just get a new phone every year. Right, or every, even every, two, every couple years. years. Yeah, I mean... yeah. And by that point, you know, your battery doesn't have time to die, it feels like, right? Yeah, right, right. I mean, and I, you know, what's my phone is... Yeah, when did they get, <laughs> get this phone? Probably a little over a year It's a year, ago. it's over a year now. So this is the first time in quite a while that I've gone over a year with a, with an iPhone. And it's fine. Yeah. It's actually, yeah. it's great, actually. I mean, it's pretty good. It's probably better than yours. <laughs> Yeah, but mine's pretty and has a big screen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you have things. I have so many things. <laughs> I love this phone. <laughs> I mean, and I was, you know, because of the 10-year uh, anniversary of the original iPhone, I had opportunity to, you know, pick that up again and start, you know, and just hold it for a little while and, like, turn it on and, and off. And, um, and it, it feels really nice. I mean, I still like that, that yeah. size. And yeah. I would, I mean, I would rather have that, I think, than the larger phone. It's funny. My, my mom was complaining the other day while she was, we were sitting around the dinner table and she you know, thought of something. She's like, I want to look this up. She pulled out, she has a 5S. So same, same four factor as yours. She right. pulled it up and she was trying to search for it. And she was just having the damnedest time, like typing it. She's like, oh, if only I could type on this thing. And I was like, oh, do you want a bigger phone? And she gives me this look. No, I don't want a bigger phone. <laughs> I was like, all right, but you know, you can't type on that one. So maybe that'd be helpful. <laughs> 
<laughs> fine yeah I, I feel like if she's in the uh if i need to upgrade her at some point i think the likelihood is she would get an se just because yeah why not yeah and i tell i think i mentioned this too but like uh the father of some friends of ours um had switched to ios because he was android forever and but he didn't want a gigantic phone and so he switched to ios to get the se mm. Mm. Um, there's a few you know there's a few of us <laughs> you exist a small a small phone people us. i just i mean I, you know i i would rather have something small in my pocket that i carry around and then use an ipad when i want to have an ios device that's larger so that's reasonable that's the way i am it's just the way i'm made dan oh god knows i've tried <laughs> to change you but i can't do you want to talk about your uh your other thing or not uh sure i can talk about the the echo show yeah did does it because it criticize what you're wearing yet <laughs> uh yeah i just walk in every day and it's like are you going out like that <laughs> you're not going out like that are you yeah uh are you sure that shirt matches those <laughs> um why are you wearing socks with your sandals no um <laughs> i mine doesn't do that that's not what mine is uh hmm. it's the the echo show which has the display i've been using it for about a week uh it is telling that in the it was until it wasn't until yesterday that i realized you could turn off a lot of the like pre-populated crap it kept showing on the screen <laughs> but you can uh because i didn't realize there were on device settings as well as settings mediated well, yeah by the that's, app. jason was talking about that right yeah that's how i found out <laughs> yeah <laughs> He was complaining heavily about all that. Right, the I, I was gonna. Things. I had been going to write the same thing, saying about like, yeah, there is some promise here, but right now it's just too crapped up. And then somebody pointed out to him that you could adjust stuff, and I said, wait, what now? And so I went and swiped down on the display, and sure enough, there's a setting option there, and you can go turn off a bunch of those. You can't turn off quite everything. There's basically it now. Basically, just has a. It's like a suggestions, like a series suggests things, but for, uh, you know, the Echo where it's like, oh, you can access this by saying this. You can access this and just sort of cycle through like tips, which are not, which is still kind of annoying, but at least not like feeling overly spammy. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I basically have it going back and forth between that and like my calendar, um, which is fine. And I wish I could get rid of those as well. And I'm guessing that at some point there will be a software update that lets you do that. Um, But they do definitely need a little more they need a little more tweaking in terms of figuring out what this is for. I think it's a good platform. And I think that Amazon has shown that they're, they iterate and iterate quickly on the echo. Um, yeah. With and, software. Right. I mean, exactly. The hardware yeah. is basically still the same. And that's because what do you need to upgrade in it really? Um, yeah. And so the, I think they will revise. It'll be interesting to see how fast they start revising stuff based on like you now that it's actually being used by a lot of people. Um, and I think that's to their credit, even if they didn't ship this in like the quite, quite the perfect, um, configuration, at least it seems like it's improving. There are some things I really like about the screen being able to ask for my timers and have them displayed and like, cause I'll have multiple timers when I'm cooking, um, is great. Um, there's some interesting uses in some of the third party stuff. I saw that, that screenshot you posted Mm -hmm. so that the screen is scrollable. Yeah, I don't use okay. that, but like okay, but because it looked like some of the like the minute the the indicators were cut off at the bottom, uh, possible because you could have you know a bunch more timers. I'm not sure. If Can it, you have as many as you want? As far as I know, I haven't okay. tried. I I mean, I've had maybe three or four going at once. Yeah. Um, but usually only two or three. 
and I haven't tried. I haven't seen if it like automatically scrolls. You need to physically scroll it. I agree. If you needed yeah. to physically scroll it, that would suck because the whole point of it is that you shouldn't really have to interact with the screen at all. Yeah, right. True. Uh, and yeah. aside from the changing settings things, I hadn't, and that's why I didn't think to look for it on the device because I had not touched the screen at all. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, it's well. So, so yeah. So there's another. There's an app. There are a bunch of where different you apps. Do, where you there, there are settings, but you, there are some of the settings you can control through an app, and then some apparently right, you can yeah. control on screen. Yeah. So there's an there's been an Alexa app for the iPhone basically since the first Echo, and you open it up, and that's basically where you do most of the mm-hmm. settings setup. And so I naturally thought it would be the same for the show. In there, right. and I, you know, there was some stuff that you could turn on and off, like I could change the background picture on my home screen on it through the app because i could just upload a picture from my phone essentially which is fine but like i didn't realize there should just be a note there or something that's like for more settings look at the device or something um yeah but i i think that there are definitely better there are things i would like more like jason i think just having the weather up all the time would be great um i think that being able to have like more like widgets on the screen because they're more like they're more like cards right now where it like cycles through a bunch of different things that take up most of the screen rather than like having little like widgets that have different information on them which i think would be preferable um but i i'm guessing that's also more complicated given where they were building from so i'm not surprised that's not there but it would be nice to see something like that in the future um yeah so so far, my inclination is feeling like, in terms of a lot of the specs, it's no worse than the existing Echo, right? Like, you can do all the stuff that you could do on the old Echo. Um, the speaker is perhaps a little more directional because it's on the front of the device rather than being sort of like an omni speaker. But right. I haven't noticed, because I usually have mine up against a wall anyways, like, it's been fine. I've been listening to, like, podcasts and stuff on it and the radio and as I usually do, and I haven't noticed a big difference in audio quality. Um, having some of the additional screen features is nice, but it will be more interesting if Amazon gets their crap together and if third parties find more interesting ways to use it. So the only example I have of that is like I play the Jeopardy game sometimes, which is basically like you can do this on the web too, where it's like Jeopardy's they have like a leftover questions that they didn't use in the episode for the day, and oh. they'll just go through and ask you like six questions from each one from each of the categories. And you can, it's really, it's a nice game. Actually, of all the games I've played on the, on the Echo, I enjoy that one the most because it's just very, it's very well suited uh, to the Echo as a device. But yeah. if you do it on the show, it gives you the actual like clue cards, like you're like actually watching the game, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's a, there are a few little things on there that are kind of nice, but I, I don't think that third party developers have really had a chance to sort of experiment a lot there yet. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of room for improvement, but I'm, I'm bullish on his platform and I and I feel like I saw a lot of people who were like I had it in my kitchen for five minutes and I got rid of it or whatever and it's like it's I think it's a device you need to live with for a little bit it's fine you use it for a week or two and it's not for you understandable but like five minutes is not long enough to try anything right right so we'll see we'll see how it goes I'm looking forward to seeing especially after the first software update or two come out I think it will be very interesting to see where we are at that point so i've moved the full-size echo into the office for the moment and my dot is now sitting it's it's been disconnected oh dear i gotta find a home for it yeah good luck i was gonna send it to you but (laughs) we all know what happens when we start sending you echoes well it'd be nice you know i think i would imagine the show will be extremely useful next week 
Yes, because it is... Dun, 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 dun! Prime Day! Prime Day! Prime Day! Prime Day! Prime Day! <laughs> you'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll get a really good deal, because it's Prime Day. <laughs> Uh, so tune into the rebound next week for our Prime Day extravaganza. Uh, yes, that's our it's our biggest show of the year. That's right. It's our ho- it's our it's our people's holiday. It's our holiday. Yeah, I know you're all you're all out there ready to tune in and hear about life in the pits. <laughs> Whether someone emerges victorious for Prime Day, <laughs> we'll have to check in with our some of our Prime Day. Someone spe- always emerges victorious. Someone, yeah. It's usually it not you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll be we'll keep keeping our eyes on the deals, and yeah, that kind of stuff. Maybe we'll check in with some special <laughs> reporting. Prime reporting Day friends. live from Prime Day. Reporting live from Prime Day. Is Prime Day Monday? Uh, I want to say it's. I, I think, think it's, it's Monday. Is it Monday? We might have to do a Monday show. That would be great. No, I think it's Tuesday. I think it's during our usual. Really? Oh, okay. It, well, yeah, I mean, that, I guess that would make... When is Prime Day, he typed into Google. <laughs> right, can't you ask your... No, July 10th. It starts at oh, 6 starts, p.m. Starts, okay, 9 p.m. Okay. But the Amazon right. ad that came up when I typed Prime Day says Amazon Prime Day is July 11th. So yes. I yes. assume it may just start at July 11th, like, in New Zealand or something. <laughs> so we'll be, we'll be like, soaking in Prime Day. By oh, we'll just, but it'll be over by the time everybody hears the episode. Marinating. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll release it early. How about that? I'll, I'll turn it around forget. and get that Prime Day episode out for our fans immediately. Yeah, I think it's all. I think it was. I was loading all the Prime Day deals. Oh, those deals are intense. Mm-hmm. 